Our scripture reading today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I came to you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom, but with a demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith may rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. you may be seated. One of the things that's uh, happened during COVID in my family is that we have discovered Netflix. How about you? You know, it's, it's been a long time, you know, since Tiger King or and all these great shows that, that we watched that it just inspired us, you know, to be better people. Um, but one of, the, one of the things that my wife and I have started doing is we just started finding a series that people would tell us, yo, you got to watch this, and we would watch it. And what we're watching now is Virgin River. Has anybody watched Virgin River? Some Virgin River fans? And uh, I was told not to read the book um, this morning after the early service, so... I'm going to stick with the, the series. But it's a story about, uh, about this small little town in Northern California. And uh, I, I'm told it's filmed in Canada, so it's, it's beautiful photography. But so there's two main characters. Well, there's more than that. But two, two of the main characters, one is Mel, who is a nurse practitioner who delivers babies. And uh, she, she comes from L.A. And uh, to go to this small town. And, uh, and the other guy is, is Jack, who runs the only bar restaurant in town. And, uh, and they're, they're main characters, but they both have baggage from their past, right? So they both are kind of haunted by things that happened in the past. Mel, the nurse, uh, is, is haunted because she and her husband um, had a baby and there was a mis... I mean, they, they lost the baby and then in delivery and then the um then they were trying to get pregnant again and it was complicated and and she and her husband were having a argument and it was a big rainstorm and he had a car accident when he was driving and he was killed so she's haunted by this and she thinks it's her fault that that he died and so she's haunted by this, but she can't tell anybody. She's left L.A., gone to this small town, trying to start over, but she won't tell anybody what her issues are. You know, she can't talk about it. And so Jack, um, there may be some love interest there, but I don't want to spoil it for you who watch it, but um, Jack has got his own baggage. He served in the military. I think he was sergeant. Do you know, Jim? Have you watched this? Oh, gosh, you've got to watch it. He's a military guy, and, and in, he was responsible for t keeping all of his soldiers safe. 
You know, and he promised them he would keep them safe. He had their back. He had their back. They were, he was going to bring everybody home. But he lost one of his soldiers. And so he's just haunted night after night about this, this loss in his life. And uh, he, he drinks too much to overcome it, try to escape that memory. And, uh, but if you were to ask either of them how they're doing, you know what they would say? They said, I'm fine. I can handle it. Nothing is wrong that I can't handle. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. No problems. No problems. We're, when they're really both struggling so much. Isn't that the way we are, especially in America? We could be having so many things that are going wrong that, that we're haunted by. It could be past memories. It could be fear of being out of control. It could be getting older. I told someone earlier today, they asked how I was doing. I said, I'm okay for a young, older person who can't remember words, like when I was trying to hand out certificates to Candace, I couldn't remember the word certificate just now, you know, it just wasn't there. And I said, well, you, you know, it, words aren't always there for me like they used to be. Um, but if you ask me how I'm doing, I'm doing fine, thank you. I'm fine, you know, no problems. It, 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 we have a hard time admitting that, that we have any weaknesses because we want to project that we're strong, we've got it together, we're in control. And you know what? We're, we're just not. We're just not. And it's interesting when Jesus and Paul come and advocate for us to find our strength in our weakness through our vulnerability, that is how we are strong according to Jesus. I, I, in our society, I think that we admire strength. Reverend Johann Arnold says, strength and confidence is not all wrong, but it is an upward movement towards self-glorification. We just need to know what's going on. It's an upward movement towards self-glorification. And the gospel challenges us to go in the other direction, on a downward move it, movement to simply be human to seek the humble, the outcast of the society, those that have been pushed aside as not quite bright enough, not, not you know, not un, people that are unworthy, the valley of the lowly, that's where the gospel calls us to go. The downward movements are the way of love and loving our neighbor. And the upward movement is to self-love and self-exaltation. The downward movement is the way of God's love. So we project that we have it all together and we don't really know what to do with our vulnerabilities except just cover them up. When Simone Biles withdrew from most of the Olympic events earlier this summer because she was taking care of her mental health, we were all shocked, weren't we? But it also helped us to see her as a human being. Um, and she said that she got her, her strength to do that from Naomi Osaka's strength when she refused to do a press conference after the French Open. And, uh, it, it, you know, she's, she's gone to every other press conference, but the one we remember is the one she didn't go to, right? And she didn't go because of her mental health. And, and Simone said that I have learned to say 
that it's okay not to be okay. It's okay not to be okay. Is that not grace that we need to hear? It's okay not to be okay. Michael Phelps said that by her speaking out, she may have saved somebody's life. And of course, in 2016, Michael came out um, after he got his 28 Olympic gold or Olympic medals. He ca it came out about how he was dealing with depression and had to see a counselor and, and how the counselor helped him deal with it. And he's been a spokesperson now for mental health. And after hearing that, I thought maybe I could talk to him because we would have something in common. Before that, I thought, I'd be scared of him. He's huge. He's, he's, I just being in his presence would make me feel ashamed of being out of shape and, you know, not having any determination and willpower and stuff. But if we could talk about mental health, hey, I'm there. I could talk about being depressed. I can relate. These athletes aren't the only heroes who demonstrate what it's like to share our vulnerabilities. It's a paradox, this gift of strength and weakness. Christ chose to be born not in a palace, but in a stable. As a baby, he was vulnerable, totally dependent. He was powerless. And as a child, he was not able to accomplish anything. Sometimes we think we're, we're worthless because we can't accomplish something, you know? Jesus, when he was little, wasn't able to accomplish anything either. And apparently thought that being a dependent child was a pretty good place to be because he told his disciples, unless you become like a vulnerable child, you will never know the kingdom of heaven. Be like a child. As an adult, Jesus had the source of strength at his command when he was arrested, brought before Pilate, mocked, scourged, and crucified, and yet he refused to defend himself. Jesus chose weakness. Our weakness, our human weakness is no hindrance to God. Our weakness is no hindrance to God. When we're vulnerable, it opens us up to be dependent on God, really, and not our own strength. Being able to surrender to God, to sing, just as I am, I come to thee. Just as I am, unworthy, with doubts, vulnerabilities, just as I am. I come to you. I don't come to you, oh God, with my perfection, with being in control. But I come to you with my, my hang-ups, my baggage, my anger, my frustrations. And through sharing that with God and others, we get a chance to know peace. Paul was knew a lot about weakness in 2 Corinthians 12, he writes that he had a thorn in the flesh. We'd all like to talk about what that is. We could speculate. We don't know what a thorn in the flesh is, although if you go on the internet, there are a lot of people that will tell you. When he asked three times, he prayed, he writes, for God to take away his thorn. And God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. We're made more perfect in our weakness. Paul indicated that his thorn in the flesh kept him from thinking too highly of himself. In other words, it made him humble. He, wasn't, he didn't feel superior or better than others. Paul said that, that when he is weak, he is strong because of Christ. 
Paul admitted that he was not an eloquent speaker. He did not have an appearance that was very impressive. His leadership was meek and gentle, wasn't powerful. He did not have money and refused to accept money, except for what he, for he earned as a tent maker. And he argued that it's through his weakness that God was able to work through him. And then he told followers, imitate me as I imitate Christ. It's through the weakness of the cross that Jesus found true power. So when Paul shared his struggles, it gave other people to be human as well. For our community and our friendships to grow deeper, friends, we have to admit our vulnerabilities. No growth comes until we admit that we have needs. How are we ever going to be healed unless we say we need healing because of this need that we have? And you know, um, being vulnerable really changes the dynamics in a group. If you're in a, in a Sunday school class or in a small group or just in a family and someone says, I'm, I'm really struggling with this and I could use some help. And someone else picks up on that signal and they say, well, I'm struggling with this. You know what happens in that group? The, the, the bonding occurs. You know, you become deeper, you become bonded. It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's the way that we grow together. So my question is, how have you been this week? <laughs> have you been fine? Have you been this week? This has been a horrific week, hasn't it? COVID is, keeps spreading and the UABs from, the UAB doctors are saying that, that by, they predict by the middle of September, 40% of our population in Alabama is gonna have COVID. You know, that, you know that, I hope they're wrong, don't you? UAB doctors and Huntsville doctors, I heard them being interviewed and they said, we're struggling because our ICU beds are at capacity. We're seeing people we don't have room for. And, and we're worn out. We're getting no days off. They said, we're doing our part, but the community is not doing their part to be safe. How's your week? That was kind of a downer for me to hear those comments because we're so vulnerable. We're out of, we can't, we're not in control of this unseen virus. And then there was the earthquake in Haiti. Um, so such devastation and people are so helpless and we're helpless, how can we help? My friends in Haiti and Port-au-Prince, they can't even get to the areas where their relatives are um, to help them out because the bridges are out and because of mudslides, the only way you can get there is by air, and that's very expensive. How's your week? How are you doing? How's it affecting you? Then there was the, the Afghanistan issue with the Taliban just kind of just taking over the government and all the mixed feelings that all of us must have about that. I, I talked with Pastor Arthur this week and he wrote this lovely email to, um, to his, all the soldiers at Fort Hood. It was, a, it was a wonderful, wonderfully written email trying to encourage them and, and saying he's there to, to help them when they're, when they're strong. I mean, when they need somebody to talk to. 
If you were to ask anybody, probably, if we're honest, this has been a rough week. Things are hard for us. We have some struggles. We feel powerless. We feel vulnerable. We feel afraid. We're anxious, irritated, frustrated. Because we're not necessarily, we're not in control of things we'd love to be in control of. So my hope is this week when you have conversations with family and small groups and Sunday school classes, you won't just say when someone says, how's it going? Fine. And smile. But you'll be honest and say really how you're feeling, how you're struggling. Jesus on the cross surrendered into his vulnerability and he seemed to have peace with it all. He had no self-pity. How are you different from Jesus? I'm different in that way because I'm always feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> I can throw a good pity party. <laughs> Jesus had no self-pity. He turned and he forgave a criminal that was next to him. He said to his set of his persecutors, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Is this not human strength, this paradox of strength and weakness? Stephen, the first Christian martyr who knelt and looked to heaven with a radiant face as he was being stoned to death, said the same thing, Father, forgive them. Somehow he found that strength to surrender, to be vulnerable. And that strength did not come from him to forgive, but it had to come from God. My prayer is that you and I will have strength we never knew was possible as we go through difficult days. Let us pray. Just as we are, O oh God, we come to you. We come not only with our, with our strength, but we come in our weaknesses offering all to you. May we discover strength when we are vulnerable and the strength and the power of being honest about our weaknesses. Draw us together as a community of faith to support one another. Bind us together, O oh God, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.